Shoecast. Welcome once more to the Stitch Down Shoecast, where we talk quality footwear, how it's made, and all the things that we love about it. I'm Ben from Stitchdown.com, along with a very weary-looking Ticho Blanco, who missed last week after making, what was it, 145 hot dogs for the Stitchdown holiday party? And then eating the majority of them in a mad frenzy, because there are no holiday parties this year, and someone needed to eat them. And then you just collapsed in a pile of boots. That was bad, man. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling fantastic, man. I mean, I made the 145 hot dogs in honor of my beloved 145 Oxford. Oh, that does make sense. There was a lot of symbolism to it and a lot of, um, you know, like a lot a lot of underlying like feelings that I was trying to convey with that. And um, then I ate all the hot dogs, which was great. Gotta eat your feelings. Absolutely. They were fantastic, man. I make a really good hot dog. Well, you've got a lot of experience. Tons of experience making hot dogs. I could do it anyway. Even boiling it in water, I will make a real good hot dog. How do you accomplish that? By just doing a good job. (laughs) Doing a good job is definitely one way to do a good job. It's the only way I know of. Uh, But anyway, I think you asked me how I was doing, and I'm doing great. Uh, I'm feeling really good now. Already lost all that hot dog weight. Back to, uh, you know, my feet, like you eat all that sodium, your feet swell up, feet are back down to normal, ready to, you know, ready to wear my, my normal boots again. And just in honor of, you know, the 145, I've got my Viberg by Withered Fig, Horween Crust Horsebutt 145 Oxfords on today. Love them. They don't look anything like what they did originally. They look so different. They've really changed a lot. And I think in a way that's a little bit of, of uh like a microcosm for this year where, you know, things have have stayed the same in a lot of ways, but at the same time been drastically changing all around us. The world has patinaed. I I feel like I have patinaed in like a good way. And I feel like, you know, just these are, these are cool shoes. So that's why I'm wearing them right now. What about you, man? What, uh, how you holding up? Good holidays. And, um, I assume you're wearing something on your feet. I am wearing something. It's required. Uh, I'm doing good. I haven't eaten a hot dog in possibly six months. So, you know, gastrointestinally, uh, I'm still holding up. Little hot dog recommendation here. I think they're made in Massachusetts. Pearl's hot dogs. At least I eat them in Massachusetts. They are absolutely gigantic. They're kind of like the steak of hot dogs. I cut them in half and split them so they're still a little connected and then grill them like that and they take this char. They're incredible. And you can eat one like four days later, you know, heat it up in the microwave and they're fantastic. And that's kind of like the only hot dogs that I, I really like these days unless you're at like the ball game. Does that have like a real uh, solid like casing on it? I have family up in Massachusetts and they're always eating these hot dogs with these like nice thick casings on them. And for some reason we just don't have them down here. I believe they're uncased. What? That completely defies the laws of hot dog physics as I know them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like peeling off of them or, you know, there's not that kind of snap that you get. Again, these are the steak of hot dogs. Like, would you case a steak? I don't know. How they get it to work? Unclear. But, man, they're fucking good. Uh, Another little hot dog story. One time I had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing the one and only Kobayashi, the original champion hot dog eater. Talk to him about everything about hot dog consumption through a translator. Basically what he told me is that 
when he eats, I think at that point he was eating like 50 hot dogs in 12 minutes or something. And chestnut does like, I don't know, 80 now. Like the, the way that that sport, and I do consider it a sport, has been pushed. Really phenomenal. Just absolute top competitors, strong of mind and body. Basically, when you eat that many hot dogs, you don't digest them in a traditional sense. And about two or three days later, uh, they just kind of exit in an interesting format. Wow. So that is uh, maybe maybe that'll happen to you, too. First of all, Kobayashi, absolute legend and a true sports hero in my mind. 100 percent. I am fascinated by by competitive eating. Uh, I once appeared on an episode of like a Japanese news show about competitive eating. Uh, the clip is available online if you can dig it up. And uh, it was these Japanese competitive eaters who came to the hot dog restaurant I worked at and did a, a showcase, did like an eating contest. It was wild, man. Like these people ate so and they so they had 10 minutes. They ate between 10 and 12 of these like quarter pound foot long hot dogs. It's a lot of meat, man. And at the end of it, they just looked at us and were like, yeah, this is actually not what we do. We're volume eaters. And like, we just need to eat like a ton of food right now. And we just spent the next like two hours just making them smoothies and French fries and chicken sandwiches <laughs> and more hot dogs and burgers and fries, like anything you could think of. They were just packing it away. And one of them was like a very, they were all very uh, thin and like in good shape. But this woman, she must have weighed 80 pounds, and she was right there with these dudes. It was wild, man. It's crazy. Again, like, it's not, like, turning into what normal food turns into, like, in your body, a.k.a. fat. At one point during this interview, we made Kobayashi take his shirt off, and that dude was fucking ripped. Yeah. Absolute legend. I think he said he could bench, like, 500 pounds also. That's wild, dude. Or at one point, at one point he could bench 500 pounds, but he had sustained a jaw injury during eating competition that somehow didn't allow him to like lift weights anymore because it was so severe. <laughs> <laughs> this was it was the greatest interview of my life. That sounds amazing, dude. Anyway, this has been this has been the yearly hot dog wrap roundup. <laughs> Possibly we could talk about shoes. Actually. I think we might just. 2021 transition this into a hot dog only podcast and just see where it goes let's see if the listeners follow us back to your question i'm wearing these red wing mokto oxfords from the 80s that i got on ebay for like 45 bucks uh, a few weeks ago it was like an instant 5 30 a.m trigger pull when they showed up in my alerts that i checked first thing in the morning it's a different last it's not the normal mokto last it's kind of like oddly tapered they're really funky it's on the Red Wing Super Sole, which is like this one-piece rubber sole. It's unbelievably comfortable. Most comfortable Red Wings I've ever worn. Uh, really fun shoe. They're like brand new. Nobody ever wore them, and somehow nobody wanted them, except for me. Dude, those look really cool, man. That was a good uh, good 5.30 a.m. pickup. I feel like those are always the best ones where you just you know instantly that it's uh, it's going to be a winner. Especially when things are at that price. Like I don't even bother to teach our system anybody. No, no need. Just play it straight. Before we get rolling, we just wanted to give a warm Pacific Northwest hug to our sponsor this week, Nick's Handmade Boots. Both Ticho and I have some really excellent pairs of Nick's uh, that we're going to spend a little more time discussing later this episode, so get ready for that. But you kind of alluded to this earlier, year in review, 2020, what changed, 
what stayed the same won't be that exciting to talk about things that stayed the same, I guess. But I read on howtodopodcasts.net that all successful podcasts do a year in review episode in the year that they are reviewing. But we're iconoclasts over here at TJO. So we're going to talk about 2020, what happened in the shoe and boot world during it, right here in fresh old 2021. Most people just want 2020 gone and forgotten. But there was some pretty good stuff that happened, along with some slightly less good stuff. But it was all pretty interesting. So we're going to talk about it all. Sound good? Sounds great, man. Uh, You know, 2020 was a super weird year. But yeah, there's some good nuggets in, you know, floating in the, uh, you know, cesspool of uh, garbage that was 2020. So let's let's pick out some some poop diamonds right now. Big one. Kind of hard to avoid. There was a, a pandemic. In 2020, there's still one right now. At first, back in March, April, this thing seemed like it was going to ruin everything for this whole scene. Couldn't make boots. Do people even want to buy them? Like, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. It's like, nobody's going to work. There are a lot of negative things here and, you know, kind of scary feelings. But the thing that I loved about it is just how makers and shops really persevered and innovated throughout this. And frankly, a lot of them like figured out a way to thrive somehow, which was very inspiring. Yeah, man. Like, you know, all this started up in, in like March. First, it was like, ah, it's going to be a couple of weeks. We're just shutting down. Like I, I had to close my store in the city and was kind of thinking like, oh, yeah, OK, I get like a month off. Like I'll go hang out, take some time to, you know, work on my boot photography in the woods or, or whatever. And, you know, it just ended up dragging on and on. And you're like, man, is, am I ever going to reopen the store? Like, what, what is going on? It just it threw everything for a loop. One good thing that came out of this uh, pandemic, Ben, was that we had time to start this podcast. That's so, true. So <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's a good thing. Hopefully that's, yeah, I think that's turned out to be at least for, for us and um, maybe a few people who, who enjoy this. You know, it this pandemic also kind of pushed people to, you know, to innovate and do do some interesting things. I mean, I think, you know, going to one of our sponsors and friends, uh, Standard and Strange, like they really stepped up their their game in terms of like fun social media posts. Like they had all those posts where they were like wearing wacky outfits with all these props and stuff like that. Finding a way to to have some fun while everybody's just stuck at home and everybody's, you know, kind of miserable. You know, I just I really appreciated anybody who who was like trying to throw some positive energy out there and trying to make people, you know, just feel a little bit more normal and feel a little bit more connected. And also from Standard and Strange, they just did all this, you know, all this charity work. They've done a could probably list this all the uh, charity things they've done for like the next ten minutes. They've just been doing awesome stuff, and feel like I've also gotten uh, a little bit closer with Neil this year. And it's just you know been uh, it's been interesting, man. It's you know. Well, the pandemic makes everybody, you know, a little bit more disconnected from, you know, maybe their their families or, you know, acquaintances or coworkers or whoever. I feel like we're I'm at an all time high for, you know, connectivity with like online shoe people. Agreed. You know, we we've kind of forged this community throughout this um, kind of trying time. And I feel like everybody's like, 
everybody's here for it. You know, we're, it's a supportive and welcoming and, and loving community that really has kept me going at times this year. You know, there's been times where you're just like, man, like this world is just fucked. But man, look at all these good people that I know who, you know, are share, share my passion for shoes and are just good, cool people. I'm really grateful for that. So thanks to thanks to anybody who has you know sent me a message on Instagram, asked me a question, uh, just chatted chatted about boots or hot dogs or whatever. Like really appreciate it. Man, that is that's some really sweet, touching stuff. And normally I would say that quite sarcastically, but I'm not in this instance. You know, I think a uh, quick aside. Another part of the pandemic is that we're all spending a lot more time at home and some of us have children, um, including maybe both of us who might be making some noise. Uh, we'll see if we can edit that out, <laughs> but from a personal level, from a community level, I really agree. I, I remember in the early days of this thing, I was like, what am I doing? I'm posting pictures of my shoes online. Like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like I'm worried about myself and my family and my parents and like everybody around me and like our country and, like, what the hell is going on? And I was, like, kind of dark. I was posting a lot of, like, moody boot photos at one point, you know, with, like, barely any caption. I guess I just needed to kind of get that out of my system. This thing is no less scary. It's arguably scarier by the day. But I think just, you know, knowing more about it, learning how to live with it, all really helps. Yeah, I mean, I just spent a lot of time, even with the Stitchdown Premium Discord, I was like, you know what? Let's figure out how to like make this into something of an escape for everybody and like just make it cool, make it fun, spend a lot of time in there, think of interesting things for us to do together. It really worked. It, like it helped me. I imagine a couple of people in there at least would kind of tell you the same thing. I think in the beginning too, everybody's like, all right, well, I mean, where to go? I'm sitting around being like worried and confused about all this stuff kind of taking a time out on this whole shoe thing. And I feel like that definitely changed over the course of the year where people were now just kind of sitting at home. Their boss wasn't looking over their shoulder. They were looking for something fun. All of these makers like in the U.S., around the world, figured out how to institute advanced safety protocols, deal with shutdowns, like completely change the way that they do manufacturing and still make great stuff. There was a bit of a lag, but then everything started to come back online. And I'm, you know, talking to the people who run all these places, checking in, hey, how's it going? You know, oh, well, we don't know, we're shut down. Like, th this is tricky, it's it's very confusing. Our, our showroom shut, but we're gonna keep going because that's all we can do. And just that level of perseverance, I think was really inspiring. And like when good stuff happened and new boots were developed or new makeups came out, you know, there was something to be excited about. Even if you weren't buying them, seeing people do something cool that you love in the midst of all this, it was like really, frankly, uplifting. And like nobody ever panicked. They just said, this is us. This is what we got to do. It's annoying. We're going to figure it out. We're going to keep everybody safe. You know, the whole thing really ended up being a net positive for just resilience and, you know, kind of the power of this small little industry that we love. And yeah, like the, the passionate 
people around it. And I agree with you. I, I found a lot in the community. Um, and that includes not just the people who, who love this stuff, you know, from a consumer perspective, but the people who are making this stuff and just said, nah, nah, we're going to do what we do. Come enjoy it. It's great work, everybody. Thanks for, you know, giving us all something to, frankly, make ourselves happy in the midst of all this. Sometimes you feel like you just don't have any control over so many aspects of your life now. Everything is confusing. Everything is like a little scary. I love going to the food store. Like going to the food store is like a little scary now. It's not a thing that brings me joy. It's a thing that like gives me a little bit of anxiety. Being able to kind of decompress and like chat with people about about shoes and like, you know, engage with people who are, you know, shoemakers all over the world and like getting real deep into a lot of this stuff has been really, really um, just like super cathartic for me and super helpful. And I just really appreciate everybody in, in this space that is feeling the same way. And anybody who is like, needs to talk about anything, just shoot me a DM. It doesn't matter what it is. Love some catharsis. In, in the early days of this thing and, you know, as it continued, I remember spending a lot of time chatting with some of our Indonesian friends because they were getting hit really hard. They didn't know exactly what to do. Luckily, they're largely pretty small operations um, that could figure out a way to kind of continue throughout this. And they have. You know, we talk about the Indonesian makers all the time, but we're going to do it again. Just the continued rise and improvement of these bootmakers really is astonishing. And I remember when we met up, we both had gotten some underhoods early on. I think it was late 2019 or early last year. We went and we took some pictures in Soho and we're like, man, we love these boots. They're so, look at these things. They're really beautifully put together. Like, did you get like a foam insole in yours? And you're like, yeah, I did. And you know, I check with Risky. He's like, oh, well, I think it makes people more comfortable. And I think we both talked to him. We're like, dude, you know, what What if we didn't have these? What if it was like a leather footbed? And then, you know, you got your crust shell pair. I was like, does it have, does it have the foam? You're like, no, it doesn't. And they are great. Like, that's not even a small thing, but I think it's only like a slight representation of just how they continue to push what was already like a very, very good product. There was plenty to be happy with forward in a way that I'm just constantly impressed by. For me, the the biggest thing with these Indonesian guys, and we've gotten, you know, pretty, pretty close with a bunch of them. We're chatting with them pretty often. And, you know, I've been like cooking up some GMTOs and stuff like that. It's just the way they are just not satisfied with just making what they make. They're constantly trying to improve and, and make their stuff better and it's uh, honestly, it's just, it really warms my heart to see how these guys have, have grown and developed even just in the last year. In a year, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was really like last fall that I first started getting into the, getting into uh, Indonesian stuff, ordering some underhoods and then some benzines on like last Thanksgiving when I was in a food coma, which turned out to be a great call. I feel like I should make all my boot purchases now after having eaten just like a lot of turkey and I'm just like kind of in a haze. I think that's like the clearest my mind ever is for like coming up with boot makeups. It works. But yeah, man, like these these guys are really cool. I, I love what they're doing. I love the boots that I, I've received from a, a bunch of them. 
you know, I'm really looking forward to, to 2021, just like doing more GMTOs with them. I really want to go to Indonesia. Like it just seems like a super cool place. These guys seem awesome. I, that's like probably a 2022 goal at this point. God, I love these guys. Yeah, I, I really do. And these, I posted a picture on Instagram a while back of my original Underhood LCV01 lineman boots versus the collaboration boot that we did. And look, getting materials into that country with import duties, like it's a nightmare and it's very expensive. Um, so the leather is one thing. It's this Wicked and Craig leather, which is absolutely fabulous. And we worked really hard to get over there. But just like side by side, I put one on one foot and one on the other and then you know, just kind of walked around a little bit to be strange, but it was mostly for the picture, the pattern development on that boot, which was already really cool. The last development, which is just shocking. And I hadn't even really noticed differences until I put them right next to each other. It was like, you did this all like in a year. And I think that their openness to feedback is really very, very admirable because everybody thinks that they're making something great and they don't always want to hear about what's not perfect. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, this this insole like footbed thing, like maybe you could look into fixing that. You just did it and figured out how to do it. But I wasn't like, uh, you know, I'm not really feeling like this pattern that I actually really like. You should make it better. Or like, yeah, this last, like you got to work it. They're just pushing it themselves in a lot of ways, including some of these brands that have been around really for quite some time. The speed sometimes that it takes to get something that you ordered, it's a little different than just ordering from a shop and there's been delays. And I think we could blame a lot of that on COVID. That's partially because they're sitting there working on these products constantly to make them better, which takes time and takes development. In the end, you know, if you wait a little bit and you end up getting something better, I mean, I'm taking that every single time continue to be really, really impressed with them. Interested to see where they're going in terms of quality, in terms of patterns, in terms of leather. Yeah, it seems like, you know, the future's limitless. Agreed, man. You know, I think one one takeaway from this year for me is to, you know, to find people who kind of share my passion for high-end footwear and who are, I, I kind of thrive off of that passion. Like other people's passion has like a compounding effect in terms of like how much I, how passionate I am. And I feel like these Indonesian guys, like they have that and I'm, I'm just so here for it. And I'm, you know, just really, really excited to see what they do in, uh, in 2021 and beyond. Uh, and then another guy who is bringing a ton of passion to this, who is just an awesome, really cool guy is our buddy flame Panda, man. Panda watch. This is kind of the year of, uh, of Flame Panda really bursting onto the scene and, and people really going crazy for, for his stuff. I don't remember exactly when you told me about Flame Panda. You'd sent me an Instagram message. where like, hey, check this out. I, I looked back before we taped this episode and scrolled back through my Instagram. It was December 2019. You know, I have hashtag searches that come up as, as if they're posts. I think most people do. And there was this shell Cordovan hashtag. I was like, wait a minute, what are these things? And he had like 89 followers and none of them were anybody that either of us know. And so I DM'd him. I was like, what's the deal? How much are you selling these things for? What kind of leathers do you have? I posted some photos the next day. Minutes later, or you know, maybe hours, I knew three people personally who had ordered boots from a guy named Flame Panda, sight unseen, had no idea what they were like. I feel like somebody got a pair of 
Corween shell boots for like $1,200 on like the first day. Just from looking at these pictures. It all kind of went from there. I think once people got them, they were like, holy crap, these things are built too. They just don't look good. They're just absolutely phenomenal product that's just like a little different in all these Flame Panda ways that you can barely even put a finger on. And then, you know, word really got out and his list got long. And and it seems like every single boot he makes is completely different than the last one, which is just so cool. Pang, love you. And shout out to Mr. Style, too. Everybody should go read Mr. Style's interview with Pang on almostvintagestyle.com. It really gets into, like, his life and, and his work, and it's absolutely fascinating. So check it out. Props, Mr. Style. I sent that article to, like, so many people. If you read that article and don't want to buy a pair of flame pandas at the end of it, you might not have like a heart. Pang also has just kind of come out as this really, you know, interesting figure who, you know, he's posted all this food that he's like eating in his town. Like he's really given you the whole experience of this guy, a guy in China who is just kind of figuring stuff out and, you know, make, making boots and being passionate and eating like a lot of dumplings. Like uh, I'm just all in on all of that, man. Like I just love everything about this guy. Me too. You're the best, Pang. Uh, Look, let's take us a quick hot dog break. We'll be right back. Okay, Ticho. Both of us recently received pairs from Nick's Handmade Boots. Our job is to talk about them as honestly as we possibly can. So what, uh, what, what Nick's did you get? Yeah, so Nick's, you know, felt like they're known for the boots perusing through the website and i i come across what to me looks like a very interesting shoe they're comstock and i'm like you know what this thing looks really good order it in uh horween dark brown wax flesh uh put it on the vibrome 700 which is like the v-tread kind of sole and they are absolute tanks i can't believe how sturdy these shoes are the horween wax flesh i think i could shoot it with a gun and it would be completely fine. Like, I've just been walking in streams taking photos in them for, like, the last week. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want this wax flesh to get all, like, all beat up. Like, I just really want to beat these up, man. I really like how, how they're looking. I really like how uh, they fit. Pretty comfortable right off the bat. A little stiff on the first wear, but after, like, the second or third wear, they're really breaking in pretty well. So I'm feeling, feeling good about basically everything with these shoes, which... I know this is an ad, but I, yeah, unfortunately, I just don't really have anything negative to say about them. Not bad. <laughs> you went boots. Honestly, your boots look fantastic, dude. You just posted them on Instagram, and I'm like, dang. They're pretty good. I love their Robert boot. It retains a lot of that work boot look and feel, but it's you know kind of updated for day-to-day use and, and kind of day-to-day style. Love the pattern. Love the heel. Nyx is working on more stuff with Wicked and Craig. So they have uh, that veg tan bridal leather Robert boot in brown that they've been selling for about six months now. And I know a bunch of people really like it. This is a leather that they're probably going to use more next year, which is this Wicked and Craig milled English bridal leather in medium brown, which is like not really brown at all. It's very light, but I know that they're going to get a lot darker over time. You know, the milling, the tumbling really creates this grain that it's natural. It's not like a stamped leather at all. It's tight and beautiful despite being kind of varied throughout. The heel counter, I got them. I'm like, what's the leather on the heel counter? 
Is it like the non-milled? They're like, no, it's just pulled really, really tight. So it's completely taut and it kind of eliminates that grain, but it might come out more over time as the boots break in. The arch is great. It's a little bit further back. It just, it feels really good. The heel is locked. Well, I'm ecstatic about these things. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to wearing these things as hard as possible over the next couple of weeks. And what we're going to do is continue to check in on both of these boots. Like you said, like kind of the deal that we had with Nick's is that we're going to talk about how we really feel. And I've got nothing but good feelings about these things so far. Yeah, I wish I had like some kind of gripe to uh, make it seem like less of an ad, but. All right, so look, in future episodes, we'll check back in on these suckers. But for now, let's get back to the shoe cast. All right, so we've talked about a lot of positive stuff so far, Ticho. Pandemic, maybe not positive. The overcoming, the good feelings in the community, very positive. Indonesian boots, Flame Panda, just bursting with positivity. And then the word came out that Viberg decided to kill off really maybe my favorite model from them along with a bunch of others. The 145, the 245, the Bobcat, the Chukka, the Roper, which actually really cool boot, even though they don't make a ton of them. Whole bunch of engineers. The Rigger Lace to Toe Boot which is a, one of their work boots that I wanted to make into a non-work boot, and the Bureau made an incredible garnet shell version of earlier this year. Dead. That, w- that was a bad day. Yeah, that was, uh, that, w- that was hard news, man. And I, I heard about it. I heard kind of rumors about it, and I was like, nah, this can't be true. But also, you know, if you listen to our, our episode from last week with Brett Viberg, you get a little bit more context for, for why that that happened. You know, I, I love the 145. I love the Chukka. I love a lot of those other models. I'm kind of hoping that them getting the axe was just a, you know, it's just going to be temporary and hopefully they'll come back in a glorious uh, return and we can enjoy some more 145 Oxfords because it's, you know, one of the best boot shoe uh, models that is out there. So bring it back. As you mentioned, I talked to Brett last week on that episode when you were too busy, um, you know, kind of digesting those hot dogs. He did lay out a ton more context for it. The whole idea is that Viberg has a whole lot of models and styles and patterns, whatever you want to call them, really more than most bootmakers. Everything that was mentioned in this group in a given year, even though it feels like they're making a ton of them, they're not really making a ton of them. The ones that they are making are in fairly small batches, which means that when you go to make the next one, it's kind of completely different for the factory in terms of sole, especially in terms of leather, I think, which is something that like we don't really appreciate all that much. Oh, just throw this leather on it and it'll be really cool. The way that these things are made, the leather density and the thickness and just how tough it is to get needles through these things, it's completely different every time, which can cause... QC issues especially and lost in the factory if things aren't really going very well but especially in terms of finished product a gripe that people have about you know any bootmaker is oh well you know the stitching isn't exactly like I want it to be it's really not often because of carelessness it's because all these leathers are, are very very different and react differently to you know the manufacturing process so the whole idea is slim things down a little bit make the factory able to create a higher quality, more consistent product, possibly reintroduce these in 
seasonal collections throughout the course of you know this year next year that are you know probably larger runs but still offer people the ability to get these essentially if brett thinks that they fit into like what viberg is doing right now which like we talked about this last week too is probably going to be seeing some changes it's a little too much to get into right here but i do think that last week's episode is worth a listen to get a little more insight on that it was tough you know people were kind of upset one way that i always feel about this is like yeah i'm bummed glad i got some pairs before they were gone of the 145s but i think i put this in an instagram comment to somebody there's always a next with viberg especially the idea that the brand is going to stay the same forever is impossible and it it basically hasn't for the last decade so why would it now i hope what's next is something that that i'm personally into but that's not really what it's about it's about you know how do you how do you build a brand that can charge into a future that itself is going to change and Viberg's always been a little bit ahead of that. So you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens. We'll certainly miss some of these. Um, we'll definitely be interested if they reappear. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of how it goes, I guess, even if it stings a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Viberg has always been one of my favorite brands to kind of just follow from like a design perspective, from a kind of taste making perspective. And they are have always been kind of a couple steps ahead of everybody else. And everyone else has been kind of following in their wake and seeing what really sticks with people. And so whatever comes from them, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to, you know, see some new stuff coming out in uh, in 2021. It's always interesting. That's what you can absolutely say about viberg and yeah that, that's the thing with viberg like we're all just along for the ride if you're liking the ride at a given point i would say embrace it like if you have some boots from them like they're not going to fall apart so keep wearing them on an individual level it feels like the brand is like so for you like it, it's almost been designed specifically for you but you know it's it's just not the case and i think it's something that we kind of all have to accept well, you know, hopefully like where it ends up going. There's always going to be something from Viberg that's fucking sweet. Like, I don't think that's in question. Yeah, of course not, man. Yeah, there's always going to be a ton of stuff that hits the sweet spot for people, you know, kind of from our boot enthusiast angle of like looking at, you know, really cool leathers. I mean, their leather selection is always out of this world it's always really interesting it's they'll start using stuff and then you know you see it kind of trickle down to throughout the industry over the next you know year or two after that but by that point they're done with it they're you know they've moved on to something else and it can feel like oh man they're they're leaving me behind a little bit as a core customer who really likes his chrome xl pct service boots but i kind of feel the opposite i'm like uh, take me somewhere interesting, take my style somewhere interesting, take my taste somewhere interesting. And that's what Viberg has done for the last few years. And I'm sure we'll continue to do that. Yeah. I mean, regardless, again, of how you feel about what they're making that fits exactly like your eye at a given time, the ride is always a fascinating one to watch. And I don't think I'm going to stop watching it anytime soon. Exactly. The one that I think I'm going to miss that's been kind of underrated, and I didn't think when Viberg first announced what they were uh, cutting, Everybody focused on the 145. The Chucka was something I was thinking about, you know, maybe doing an MTO in or, you know, trying to convince a retailer to run a makeup in. But they also ditched some of uh, some of their engineers, which I think is like a little bit of a bummer. You know, for me, I became engineer curious like at the end of last year. 
got a pair of engineers. I was like, is this is this a style I can wear as like very much a normal looking suburban dad? The answer was unequivocally yes. I was all in on it. I was like wearing these things all over the place. Then I got Underhood engineers which are kind of on another level of just being, as our buddy Jake would, you know, disagree that they're quite the, whatever, Homeric ideal of a of an engineer boot. They're a little bit different. I personally love them. I'm the thinner shaft, I can wear, you know, more tapered jean with them. That's a look I'm really feeling, really digging. Been wearing all the time. I feel like a badass when I wear these boots. Engineers kind of rule, man. I think that's been... For kind of the more conservative dressing guys this year, it's been a little bit of like, uh, you know what? I think I might be able to, we might be able to pull this off. But yeah, man, like engineers, I think have uh, have really taken off. A lot of the Japanese options have have people have kind of dug in a little bit more on. I have some like clinch ones coming in that I'm like super stoked Ooh. about. The curiosity, uh, you know, turned into full on, you know, seeking my engineer engineering license. And just go, just jumping all the way in and getting uh, clinch. I think their engineers are probably the best in the business. So super excited about that. Not going to deliver until like the fall, but whatever. Better things ahead in 2021. I got, got good thing to wait for. You know, I think the engineer thing has been has been really cool, really interesting. And, you know, people are seeing that. Yeah, you look at them and you're like, man, these are really out there. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can rock this. But once you get them on your feet, you kind of see that it's a lot more subtle and less aggressive than you think it's going to be. You know, I feel like a lot of the rules have been thrown out, right? Like nobody's going to the office. So just, you know, wear whatever you feel like. You know, if you have a problem with my engineer boots, like I I don't care anymore. I I feel like a lot of those societal things are just kind of out the window. So you're like the lone holdout. We got to get you some engineers, man. (laughs) So here's the thing. You know, in the beginning of 2020, I kind of just started paying more attention to engineers. And I was like, all right, some people really like these really worn. They're undeniably beautiful. I don't quite grasp them. I don't think that I could do that. You got into some whole bunch of people around the shoe community. It kind of became the thing to do. And then people were fast forwarding from their first pair to getting clinches like really quickly. I was like, shit, there's something here. There has to be. And so, you know, I've been building my curiosity. I've been looking at them a lot. Uh, I've been talking with people about them. And I think that I'm ready. I, I may or may not have a pair coming to me in the next week or two. And I've decided to document my entire journey into engineerdom on stitchdown.com. And I'm going to keep like a running journal of what it, what it's like, how I'm feeling, what I'm wearing with them and, you know, see if I can get it. See if I can if I can get that license. So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. Dude, that that's very exciting. I look it's going to be like day 45. I'm now driving a train. I hope so. I've always wanted to drive a train. Never felt qualified. Day 50, I'm just shoveling a lot of coal. Dude, let's do it. I mean, I've I've always wanted to learn how to weld, which is one of the original purposes for engineer boots. For welders on ships. Yeah, I think this is the year for it. Uh, this is a year for, for change, positivity, and new beginnings, and apparently leather wrapping the majority of my lower leg. As it should be, man. I, w- I wish we could just wrap our entire bodies in uh, just a nice piece of Chrome XL or something. You know, engineer boots, good start for that. I'm glad you're on board. 2021, you're the engineer boot. 
Also, there's like some more kind of some additional like value options. Going back to our Indonesian guys, you get like the benzene one looks really good. Winston had one that looked really good. There's some some better you know value options out there now. You know, then obviously you get up to the the big boys like uh, Wesco and Clinch. And... I'm not starting with Clinch. Mine are actually Wescos, and look, the price is right. So, dude, yeah, that's a that's a strong strong jump into uh, into the engineer game. So congrats they should be pretty cool so look this was a big one this year joining stitch down premium became the coolest thing to do ever a lot of people are talking about this on other podcasts too that don't even have anything to do with boots it's a big topic of conversation this is obviously a transparent plug but it's really cool right yeah i mean i as <laughs> i think you were the first person to join uh, i was the first person to join you uh you, you had told me about you know your your concept for it on our our lovely trip out to visit our buddy uh, Mark Barbera in uh, Western Pennsylvania, and I was like, "Cool, man, yeah, I'm in for that. A place where I can just hang out and talk with other people who like boots. Like that's that's my jam. It's been good from the start, and this year, you know, it's really taken off. There's like a great core group of guys in there. So you know, even some some women are in there. Like everybody is, is super chill, super like interesting. You know, there's like you know people are like, uh oh, Here's my here's my book of poetry that was you know translated into Serbian and you're like yeah what is this but it's awesome I love hanging out there yeah man like as we said before like 2020 you are you know I've seen my parents like four times all year not seeing any friends not even just chatting with neighbors you know like we're so disconnected from from the people that we're we're used to interacting with and having this group of people online that you know I've never met but i still feel this friendship this shared passion you know i know they're there for me like if i if i need to talk about something i can go in there and you know people will be like pretty supportive and pretty pretty welcoming that's just super important right now so i really appreciate everybody in there uh especially you man for for getting it going and you know just being a being a good friend to me and being a cool guy i can text about you know boots with and and candy and stuff so damn that was a much better plug than i anticipated Good work. Got you, man. Yes, we've been extremely disconnected from our families, except the ones that are in our house that, you know, we've probably been able to hear all episode. We'll, we'll stop mentioning it. We're very much in close proximity with those people, <laughs> especially our kids. Uh, They're excited about the show. All things considered, I've spent a ton of time with my kids this year, and it's actually been kind of cool. So I, I'm just... I keep trying to make the best out of this situation, and, and for me, that's another good one. It's just like... I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, and I just have been chilling with them a ton. And I'm, they're pretty solid, pretty good kids, so loving it. You had a kid this year, which is pretty cool. Yep. I did it all myself. <laughs> it was a lot of work, but yeah, love love these kids. Thank you for telling us how much you love us while we're taping Shoe Podcasts. Let's cap this one on potentially an even more positive one than Stitch Down Premium. American footwear manufacturing making a bit of you know, what I hope is a continued comeback. In 1867, P.W. Miner started making shoes outside Buffalo in Batavia, New York. In October 2018, the company, which had been bought and sold twice in the last half decade, laid off 82 workers, everybody. And it seemed like, man, this is just another blow. This doesn't work here. There are obviously brands that have persisted for a very, very long time. Alden, Nix, Whites, Wesco, 
the hand-sewn makers, Quaddy, Rancor, Russell, Yucatan, you know, there, there are a small handful, but it's like a dozen companies that are doing this. It, it seemed like with PW Miner closing, it was just another sign that there were going to be fewer and fewer instead of even a few more. And then it kind of sprung back up in a smaller operation, but a very positive one called Artisan Boot and Shoe, which is run by Nicole Porter. Her grandfather actually owned PW Minor. She had worked there and she found the opportunity to basically buy up a bunch of equipment and the factory space and start with like, I think a dozen people who manufacture some really good stuff, including Parkhurst, who you can get a 10% discount on if you're a sit down premium member. You know, Nicole's somebody that like we want to talk to on this show. I think that what they're doing is just a really very, very, very positive development for American footwear manufacturing, showing that like this can continue to work here at a very high level. You know, beyond that, you've got really, really small makers, you know, one specifically, Creosote, you know, who's out there doing them one at a time, creating something completely different than exists anywhere else, using old methods and making something that I think just, again, shows that this can work here on maybe not the ultimate largest 500-person factory that used to exist for basically a hundred years before the last couple decades, people can make really, really good things happen in this country and find the market for it to keep them thriving. Yeah, man, you know, we interact with all the these makers all over the world and that's, you know, it's really cool to say, yeah, these were, you know, handmade in Norway or, you know, handmade by this guy in this, you know, small village in China. But like America could do this too. It just baffles me that we have this great history of making such high quality shoes and somehow let it slip through our fingers and and get ripped apart throughout the 80s and 90s to see it being built back up right now is filling me with a lot of hope it makes me just really happy to see it and i hope we just we as a country can can come together and build up those industries that you know we just tore down for some for profit for, for for profit, right? For some, you know, some private equity guys saying, oh, yeah, let's make it, you know, for pennies on the dollar and let's, you know, keep decreasing quality. And, you know, like people deserve to wear nice shoes and people deserve to have nice shoes that are made in, in their own country, I think. I'm happy to see it on its way back up and I, I want to continue supporting it and hope everybody, uh, you know, everyone else in America can see like... I hope people can see the value in, in wearing nicer shoes and supporting shoemakers in in their own countries as well as abroad. You know, we're look looking good. Let's let, let's keep all this going. Let's keep growing this community of, of people who are into this. Let's keep finding new, you know, new makers who are out there doing interesting stuff and let's you know, let's support them. That's I think all we can do is just find people who are, are passionate about this, who are doing this the right way. We're making stuff that we like. Let's just keep buying boots. That's my New Year's resolution. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a real stretch there. Yeah, I'm really, really gonna have to push myself to keep to hold on to that one. Well, I wish you luck in it. And look, I'm I'm glad that we were able to end on positive note. You know, to uh, to the year that we're no longer in, but still looking back on. Ticho, excellent work. Big thanks to you. Big thanks to you know this entire community that 
we've discussed um, from the people making this stuff to people listening here that, that love it just like us. Uh, big thanks to Nick's Boots for being in that group, uh, just charging hard through some really tough times and managing to make, honestly, again, some absolutely incredible stuff uh, that we'll continue to talk about in future weeks. But look, that's it for uh, 2020, I guess. Take care of your shoes. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.